TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Well, you win some and you lose some. Unless you're on the mound, we lose them all. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. I don't know. I want to put this lightly, but I mean, we're getting killed out there, and I think. It's pretty much all your fault. This is the hot corner. You do see the trend out here, right? Every time you're on the hill, we get murdered. The inside story on baseball and more. Dude, if I end up back in rehab this season, it's all your fault. A deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. Look at it this way. You're not the worst Little League pitcher on the planet. You just better hope that the kid that is doesn't quit. Uh, I take it back. You're the worst. Now, here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch. Martinez to Lanzare Welgus. Coach, I speak English. Dude, you're lucky your mom's hot. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you're missing the first hour, you can download that, the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Speaking of podcasts, Beers on Us podcast will drop tomorrow at 4 p.m. as it always does on Thursdays. What is that from? I have no idea. I have no idea. Is that like Eastbound and Down, maybe? That is the power of Joseph Fisher III. It, it sounded... I was trying to remember. I've watched the first few seasons of Eastbound and Down. And I have not. You should. It's great. Uh, especially as a baseball fan. But um, I'm trying to think if that was his voice or not. I can't remember. I cannot remember. It doesn't but I, sound like him. I hope it, I hope it is. If that's a real clip of a real Little League coach, that's <laughs> whew, <laughs> that's fantastic. You better hope that the guy that's worse than you doesn't quit. <laughs> check Matter, that. You actually are the worst you Little League pitcher. Worst. You are the worst. Oh, All right. Joe's listening. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Hello, Joe. YouTube video Hello, Joe. of a Little League coach ripping his pitchers apart. <laughs> so it's real? It's a real Little League coach. It what might a, be a bit in the video, but it's a it's a real coach. It's not like from a show. What a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolute coach, jerk. Coach, I speak English. <laughs> uh, coming up in 15 minutes, uh, there's a, a potential new way of money ball in baseball that we can get to. But I want to start with this. It came out, what was it, yesterday or the day before, something like that, um, that Major League Baseball has granted approval to the Oakland Athletics to search for a new home if their stadium proposal does not come through, which it seems like they've been working really hard on it, and I thought it had some steam, and then all of a sudden it was just... Well, this is a, a ploy by the MLB to get Oakland. It's the city that's that's kind of waffling right now it, to get Oakland to agree to make this new stadium. But 
This did open up the it perked up the ears of all Portland baseball fans. We're here. We have been in the dark for over a year because of COVID. And, you know, the city is not exactly in the best situation right now. So I would say that the idea that Portland is the front runner for Major League Baseball seems to have dipped a little bit based on what is going on around the city at the moment. What are you talking about? This city's great, man. I love this city, but there's a lot of homeless people in tents and garbage. This is my trashy city, all right? Don't you tell me what to do. uh, Protest slash riot slash fire slash all of that. So, you know, there's and there's lots more shootings, too. Hooray. Sounds like baseball, baby. Um, it It's like, great. Oakland might relocate. Portland seems like a good option. But we're over here like, can you guys, like, ignore the news from the last year and <laughs> just go back to what the, the Portland Diamond Project was doing before? Let's just start a rumor that Charlotte and Nashville are just trash cities. Nobody wants to go there. Okay. Nobody likes What's the that? rumor? Do you think... Uh, like uh, Nashville's cutting down every tree in the city because they hate the environment. And Charlotte, if Charlotte, was, Charlotte used to have a team called the Bobcats and you don't want that again in baseball. If Charlotte was so good, then why doesn't Steph Curry play in Charlotte? Mm. Or why didn't Kobe Bryant play in Charlotte? Yeah. See losers <laughs> Nashville. Nobody likes country music. Losers come to the Northwest. I think my, yeah. I, in Nashville, they kill dogs and cut down trees. There we go. Thank you. I was going to say, I think my ideas were pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Thank you for throwing that back into your plan. Also, yeah. I think any any city that named the team the Bobcats and, should not have a team. Vegans and CrossFit is terrible. Don't you me. ride bikes, losers. Don't, no, now you're. Oh wait, my bad. Now you're hurting Portland. <laughs> oh crap! Stop! <laughs> back it up! Back it Stop. up! Back it we up! We love back trees. Back, 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 Just trying to. Back, back, yeah, back, yeah. Back, run, back, run, back, run. Back, 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 back. We love our trees. We love and our trees. We have cool names like the Hillsboro Hops. And the Portland Timbers. And the Portland Pickles. And the Portland Trailblazers. Those are cool names. Trailblazers. Carolina Panthers. We have Russell Wilson. Boom. Sort of. Kind of. He's in Seattle, but he... No, but he's here. He's in the PDP group. He's here right now. Yeah, no, he's not. (laughs) But he flew a helicopter over the proposed site, and he was here. You know, uh, on on the series, though, for a second, I don't know if the struggles that our city has gone through over the last year and a half, I don't know if those would really factor into Major League Baseball's decision to send a baseball team here or not. I think it's still all predicated on, is a stadium going to be built? And I, obviously, that is a huge part of it, and we do not have a stadium at this point. But we have a group that wants to build one. Right. But uh, look, here, here's the thing, and here's kind of where I fall on this right now, is I was all in, and I believed hard. I believed so hard you wouldn't even believe it, but I believed. But at this point, after a year of almost dead silence, I know COVID has, has kind of put all, all of these these things into a pause, but we started hearing more and more from the other cities, Charlotte and Nashville and Vegas and, you know, the whole Montreal Tampa thing that the Rays threatened if they didn't get their ballpark. Um, we heard a bunch from them and Portland kind of just faded. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say they weren't doing work on it. That's not to say they weren't doing anything. They just went radio silence. I started to kind of get the feeling and I, I've only been here for 10 years now, but from what I've heard from the past 20 or so or 25 years is how many times have we been dangled the carrot of getting a new team and then have it ripped away, right? Yeah. 
and baseball did it once. <clears throat> and, you know, there was the stupid Tualta NFL thing, but that was a thing for a while. You know, th- this happens with Portland a lot. And I started to kind of get the feeling of, is it happening again? So I, I'm a little bit more on the cautious side at this point, not even cautiously optimistic, just I'm ca- I don't know. I don't know if I can fully trust after not hearing anything for a year and a half that stuff is still going positively. Obviously, I would love for it to be going positively. I would love to have a baseball team here. Mm-hmm. I would love, especially if the weather's going to be like this because of global warming moving forward and we're going to get beautiful Mays every year Mike's to be like, able to go watch baseball games in May. Mike says the earth's dying, but I get a baseball team. Yeah. Well, the earth's dying and will die after I die. I don't <laughs> I, I like this text from part of the I like this text from RJ. The Portland A's has a magical ring to it. And if there's any city that still makes Portland look beautiful, it's Oakland. <laughs> Oakland's actually kind of on the up and up. Yeah, but you no, know, it's still a fair point. It, it's not as uh it's not as broken down as it used to be. Well, it's because uh, nobody can afford to live in San Francisco, so they've all moved to Oakland. Yeah, and Dame and Todd and afford, Marshawn Lynch. And now nobody can afford to live in Oakland. Yeah, like nobody can afford to live in Portland anymore. So they're living in Sacramento. <laughs> Do you know how much I pay for rent? Way too much. I saw this great meme. It's like, yeah, I uh, I was turned down by my home loan to pay $900 a month on a mortgage. So instead, I pay $1,400 a month in rent. Mm. I wish I paid $1,400 a month in rent. <laughs> really? I don't even pay that much. Well, remember, I have a roommate. I'm, oh. I'm paying less. I'm splitting. Oh, you guys are splitting. Yeah, you're not paying that much, I'm just, Mike. I'm I'm talking about the apartment as a whole. Oh, well. It's expensive. The apartment as a whole where I live is expensive. But you're not paying the full the full rate? Yeah, I pay the full rate. Oh. It's just me. My cat ain't got a job. She's lazy as ass. That's, <laughs> that's true. And she hates everybody from what I hear. She hates everybody. Everybody, she loves me. Doesn't loves this, me. She liked me when I first met her, too. Liked, not loved. You're not supposed to say. I mean, I'm on the radio. Yeah, but if the girlfriend's listening, she's going to be real mad. Well, she'll get over it. Yeah, as we say, who cares? Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> but I do think a lot of this is more of a uh, an MLB threat to get Oakland to get their act together. Right. I, they I don't agree. want Oakland to leave. No. I don't think they want Tampa to leave. No. No, you no, know, no. They want those teams cities. to stay, and then they're going to consider expansion. Mm-hmm. Right? Manford continues to come out and say, we got to settle the situations in Oakland and Tampa before we do anything else. This is purely a let's let's push Oakland a little bit further. Although, what is this now? The sixth time they've kind of done this. Yeah. At a certain point, I don't know if Oakland's gonna if Oakland's gonna give in. So, if that's the case, bring on the expansion. And if you want to keep a team on the West Coast, in the AL West, in the division with the Mariners, why not Portland? Doesn't that? I guess Vegas could also be considered for that. So sure. that, that's a that's a fair argument on that but why not portland give the mariners a true natural rival why not us why not us why not us we've got the group that's trying to do it they say they've got money so let's uh let's go yep just wanted to keep you guys updated on that we get texts tweets all the time people asking us for updates of uh whether it's portland diamond project specifically or major league baseball talking about baseball to portland blah 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 we you know we get texts and tweets and people you guys ask us all the time so just always keep this in mind. Whenever there's any new information, albeit small like this, which really isn't anything new, it's it's someone else's problem uh, that doesn't really affect us but could, we're always going to break that down and bring that to you. When we come back, 
There's a new thought process on the second wave of an adapting Moneyball. Two new thought processes. Two new thought processes. One from one team, one from another that is now being picked up all across the league. On the evolution of Moneyball, and I want to get to that next. This is the hot corner. That's Mike Lynch behind the glass tonight filling in. Thank you, sir. I'm Patrick Harris. This is 1080 The Fan. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow at 4 p.m. Make sure you download that wherever you get your podcasts. And tickets went on sale, are about to go on sale, or they did go on sale for the virtual Oregon Beer Awards where Mike and I will be presenting the category Imperial IPA. Uh, tickets are only $5, so grab that and you can uh, see your boys. And we'll be later on in the uh, festivities, so that'll be nice. Are we later on? Imperial IPA usually comes a little down the Yeah, it's one of the last ones. It's a big category, man. Yeah, the last category is usually American IPA. Okay. Um, because it gets the most the most entries. Yep. Uh, and they kind of push that, uh, kind of push that to the end. It'll be interesting to see uh virtual OBAs. Uh, but it's always a good time. Uh, I might be in here and watch it in like uh, the nine ten studio and get drunk while you have to do primetime. Yep. And then uh, you can come join me afterwards. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to do that live, but uh yeah. I will check with them, though, and see. Uh, I did shoot an email. I mean, if we don't have to do it live until 7.30, you win, baby. We don't have to do it live until 7.30? Yeah. I'm going to have to do Nemec the same day. Well, that damn Nemec. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a thing. Nobody cares about Oregon recruiting. <laughs> I don't think I've said anything more inaccurate today than that. Probably people not. definitely care. Yes, they and do. And people love that show. And we love Andrew. He's a friend of this show. Uh, and he does a great job. With recruiting, Mike, you brought this up to me last week that there are some things people are following from some certain organizations specifically about how they're handling prospects and free agents and this new age of money ball. Yeah, so uh, two teams are being considered kind of the, and this is now going to be changing because a lot of teams have caught on, considered the new teams that figured out a way to get pitchers and hitters that are different than everybody else, and they worked. Uh, I'm going to give you – I think I've already told you, but erase that from your brain, men in black erase. If you were to guess which team had a unique way of drafting pitchers and had a unique way of drafting hitters, they're two different teams, which would you guess? Pitching, I have to say my Cleveland Indians. Correct. I, I, It's hard to erase the men in black aspect of it, but if you're going to tell me this squad – since 2000, Bartolo Colon, CeCe Sabathia, Cliff Lee, Corey Kluber, Corey Kluber again, Shane Bieber. Six Cy Youngs through trades, but all came up through the farm system. None of these guys were picked up while they were big league starters. Although this is this is a much more recent thing that I'm talking about. It wouldn't right. include those guys, right. except for Bieber. But yeah, so it is the Indians. Hitting-wise, do you remember what I said? Hitting-wise, I don't remember what you said. Obviously, I would throw the Yanks into it. I mean, the A's, I would throw them into that as well. Think about it. Um, the Padres? It's the Rays. It's the Rays, yes. Okay, they so. Get, they got the Brandon Lows of the world that are able to get you where you need to be without being super sexy. And so, then a guy like a Rosarena shows up and you're in the World Series. So what the Indians do, or what they did at least, was – they found that most teams, when trying to get pitchers, were drafting high schoolers with great stuff. What the Indians decided to do was they said, it's harder to teach control than it is to teach a new grip or stuff. 
So what they did is they went and got four-year starters out of college who maybe had average stuff but had great control. And they said, we can teach these guys to have a different grip on the slider or maybe add a two-seamer to their repertoire or have them start throwing a changeup or whatever. And we're going to make these guys from four-year colleges that used to be considered in major league circles fourth or fifth starters when you draft them into top-of-the-line guys because it's harder to teach guys to throw accurately than it is to get them to have better stuff. You're saying that they choose the route that you have already done the hard work. It's almost like, and this might be a bad comparison, but I'm going to take a shot at it. It's almost like drafting NFL players out of the SEC. Like you, you are more used to higher competition, the full spectrum of things, and that's why they tend to send a lot of guys to the NFL. Is that is that a fair, or am I stretching a little? I bit? I think you're stretching a little bit because it's it's less about the four year college thing. It's just more that those were not the picked guys because they wanted someone younger. Mm-hmm. It's way more about the control. If you can throw with control, pitch with control, that's who the Indians wanted. And they're going to try to get you to have better stuff as you work your way up through the minors. Shane Bieber is a prime example of this. Uh, Aaron Savali is a prime example of this. That's my guy. These are guys that were control-first pitchers who the Indians tweaked their stuff to make them more elite pitchers. So that's what the – and now a lot of teams have started doing this. So the Indians were in the forefront for many years. And now – I think in the last two drafts, this article was saying it was on uh, behind a paywall on ESPN. Uh, the article was saying that you're noticing a lot of teams now going for the four-year starters with better control because they see what the Indians have done and they realize the Indians, despite not having a ton of talent, despite all of their their deficiencies as an organization money-wise, have just cranked out good starter after good starter after good starter <clears throat> after good starter. Um, so that's the one in pitching is control over stuff. And it's a similar argument for hitting the Rays. uh, Well, generally speaking, you wanted a guy who was big and had power, right? That's who you drafted. You're Aaron Judge. Right. And the Rays went, well, what about all the Dustin Pedroyas of the world? What about the small middle infielders that everyone ignores because they don't have a long swing that doesn't generate power? They said it's easier to teach power than it is to teach contact and plate discipline. Oh, right. So same kind of concept, but in the reverse, because it's hitting instead of pitching, yep. you ha- you can you can't teach contact. You can't teach your eyes. Yeah, it's really hard to get I can teach you the launch angle. Yes. I can teach you how to push, how to pull. Yep. But I can't teach you to see the ball. Yes. You you needed a guy who was able to know what the pitch was and react to it quickly enough. The Nick Madrigals of the world. He's a perfect example of this right now, right? Uh, and he hasn't been taught power. He's probably never going to be taught power. He's he's Nick Madrigal. But he gets on base constantly, and he's always getting singles. He doesn't strike out at all. It's that type of player that the Rays started drafting and or signing in droves that kind of built them to be a team that didn't have any money into a team that was a top team in the AL, making a World Series last year, you know, being in the playoff picture. And it's uh, it, that's what they <clears throat> did that that kind of set them apart. And again, this article is saying that teams have started to catch on a little bit, especially nowadays in the three true outcome world of home run, strikeout, and walks. You want someone with plate discipline who's going to not strike out as much and is going to try to get on base a little bit more to kind of balance some of those power guys you have. Uh, I think a good example for the Rays would be Willie Adamas. Mm. Willie Adamas kind of flamed out early in his career. Yep, yep. 
Uh, he was a regarded. He was a I think not highly regarded, but a medium regarded prospect. And he went to the Rays and has made a good career for himself as a middle infielder who pretty solid the, defender puts the ball in play and has added some pop to his game. Um, you know, <clears> you <throat> could think about a myriad of middle infielders who are smaller guys who do this now because I think it's become more of a trend. But it's interesting that even in this day and age where analytics have become so prevalent and every team, for the most part, has a good analytics department. I'm looking at you, Colorado. Get your act together. <laughs> um, and they all are looking at similar numbers, and they're all trying to find an edge that <clears throat> the edge was almost not in the numbers, but in the general view of how teams drafted or signed players. It was the, in baseball, you want guys with power. Well, can we do something different than that? How do we differentiate ourselves? And notice the two teams that did this were two teams that don't have any money. Because <laughs> you have no choice. Right. You, you can't hold be, on to guys. You got to figure it out. You got to be innovative. Do you think this could trickle down? I mean, obviously, the league is a copycat league. Um, but do you think this could trickle down into what high school kids decide to do? Do you think uh, it could be that? Do you think it could catch on that much that a high school kid might say, maybe I should go to college instead? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to do that. I mean, if you have a chance out of high school to make money, I, I you would take that chance, right? You know, I, I would do that if I was a high schooler and I was getting drafted at a high school. I mean, some kids still get drafted and then choose to go to college, right? right? They might have the idea that I need to work a little bit more before I go into the minors. I think there's probably talks with agents of, you know, am I going to have to grind for seven years in the minors before I get my chance if I go now? And if I go to college for a couple of years, uh, can I get up in a, in two years? That might be a discussion to have, but I don't think this is necessarily going to cause that trickle-down effect. And remember, it's a lot less to do with the four-year college starter as much as it is teams, guy. teams viewed guys <clears throat> who stayed in college longer differently than they viewed big arms who were young. That's all. It's way more to do with the control. That if That's you, it. That if you see... If you're an accurate high school pitcher... They'll draft you for the same reason. Yeah, yeah. If you're Strasburg, they're still going to take you. Yes. Although he went to San Diego State. But the Indians this year took a high schooler with their first pick, a pitcher. And some. And the article was like, does that mean the Indians have changed their strategy? And it goes, not necessarily, but maybe this guy just st stood out to them as being really, really good. Yeah, maybe this guy just kind of got it. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. Uh, after watching the Indians over years and years and years and I mean, it's one thing, and and I never thought I'd be this way because I was never a pitcher. I mean, I'm not an athlete, so I wasn't good as a baseball player anyway. Uh, but I always, you know, I, I liked the small guys, you know, the Willie Adamas of the world, the Brandon Laus. You know, that's why I love Frankie so much. When I was a kid, Joey Cora was awesome to me because as a small guy, I like to do that. But, yeah, following following Cleveland for a long time and Antonetti, who's been at the helm for a long time as well, pitching is Pitching is one of those things. It's one of those things that if you can find them young and you can turn them into something, I feel like you get more of a trade value out of a money starter than you would a money hitter. Yeah, I mean, teams are desperate like if you're for pitching. A, yeah, if you're a small team yeah. like Tampa, who is loaded in their pitching, in their farm system, and Cleveland that's done well with this is alongside – when you send Mike Clevenger to the Padres, you're getting more of a haul than you're sending Frankie Lindor to the Mets. Yes, because teams are desperate for pitching. Everybody has five starters, five or six starters in the league, but not everybody has one starter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. 
It makes a world of difference. I mean, think about it from name whatever team you want, right? What's your favorite, you know, your favorite team is the Indians. Once every five days, you can kind of just sit back and go, Beeb's got it. Yep. Right. It's not a sure thing every time. I can say the same thing for Cole. Oh, yeah. Garrett Cole starting today should be a win. Tanaka for years. Eh, not really. <laughs> He's such a hater. I love I love Tanaka. He was not like this starter. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Not a bona fide ace. Right. But if you're Detroit, you have Verlander for yes. 15 years. And you kind of have that thought of like, oh, Verlander starting today. I'm good. Right. The Yankees today, for example, they didn't hit. They got one run. But Cole started. Cole threw eight shutout innings. Chapman got the save. There you go. You got to win. Today. Doesn't matter they didn't hit because Cole was on the mound. Yeah. Right. The Indians don't hit ever. But when <laughs> Bieber's on the mound, you're like, hey, we can win two nothing. Sure. And it, it, it kind of just gives you a little bit of calmness. So if you can find those guys in a way that's unique and not going to be, uh, uh, it's not going to be kind of fought from other teams. You're going to either a get yourself Bieber's to keep forever, or b get yourself a guy that you can trade and get even more of a build. You know. Right. Well, it'll be an interesting thing to watch as this is a copycat league. I'm curious. The article you know, said and, it's already being copied. So yeah, and as we see, you know, the Mariners got a new starter coming on the mound tomorrow. So I mean, you know, let's watch that and. You know, they when you draft that guy, that might, you know, you might be a little bit behind it. But, you know, this is what makes this is, you know, not to be a big time minor league call up kind of show today. But this is what makes call ups in minor league cool because you just you don't know. And well, it's also why we love the NFL and NBA draft. Right. You know, it's it's different in, in baseball than those sports. But, you know, seeing Penny Sewell go to the Lions, you're hyped to watch the Lions and go like, oh, there's Penny Sewell. Yeah, and right? you're like, wow, what a dumpster fire of an organization. But if you get a bona fide left tackle, you might stop being a dumpster fire of an organization. Exactly. And it's the same with baseball. You're like, oh, the Mariners have sucked. Mm-hmm. And now they finally made a trade that's going to pan out, hopefully. Yeah. Knock on wood. It seems to be panning out. And you bring Kelnick up. Yeah, and let's stay tuned. So keep that in mind. We'll keep watching that and uh, check back in on a lot of these young pitchers coming up and hitters to see if uh, see how long-term this sort of situation is. We come back, it is fair or foul next, but first, there's Mike with sports. It's 836 here. We're going to do fair or foul. Uh, Mike Lynch edition because Joe is out. I found the open, but it's too late. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right, buddy. I was just giving you grief. This is Joe's page, and I don't know where he puts stuff all the time. Uh, it's on the Hot Corner Hot Keys page, too. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, and my thing doesn't want to let me uh, do anything again. Cool. So, so without further ado, we got a Mike Lynch edition of Farrow Fowl. I will turn it over to you to Michael Lynch, the so first. what I like to do, because I don't really have time when I'm in here co-hosting and producing building a true fair oh are you just too busy to do the show michael i uh, enjoy testing patrick's knowledge on uh who's doing what statistically in baseball team and hitting and pitching wise and i love a good challenge i think i'm really bad at this well i'm gonna try to be a little kinder to you okay i think i i because i'm looking at the numbers i'm like oh duh this random player is hitting really well but you don't on the top of your head it's right, hard right, to right. find out so this year the story of baseball is that nobody's hitting right, right? Uh, Except for that center fielder in Anaheim. Batting averages have plummeted. It's the lowest they've been, I think, in like 80 years or something like that at this point. How many hitters, I think this is from before today, are hitting 300 or above? And I imagine there's a caveat of plate appearances. It's it's starters, right? Those who are eligible, yes. Those who are eligible. 
How many are you asking me? Yeah, how many hitters before today started were hitting 300 or above? <clears throat> well, I know there's at least one. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. I'm going to go actually with two because I think Shohei Otani's on that list too. Is that He's correct? Not. He is not. He is not. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble here. Uh, batting over 300 for the season, I will go with... I'm not sure Otani has enough plate appearances yet because he was hurt and is inconsistent okay. playing, I, I think. Are you going off like MajorLeagueBaseball.com stats? ESPN.com. ESPN. Um, I will go with six. Oh, it's way more than that. Oh, really? Yes. Like way more. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- relatively. Relatively. Um, and then I will I will backtrack on that. Uh, give me, give me eighteen. Twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Despite the low batting averages thus far, there are twenty five hitters hitting three hundred or higher, and there are thirty five hitters hitting two ninety. Oh, so they're all right or higher, <laughs> right? Uh, best batting average in baseball, right, meow? I I mean, I, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say Mike Trout, but I don't think it is Mike Trout. He's third. He's third. Um, it's Nick Castellanos on that list. Nick Castellanos is 16th. He's hitting 310. Okay. I knew he was sitting His over teammate 300. is number two. His teammate? I just Ooh. acquired him in a trade this week. Nick Senzel. No, Jesse Winker. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's hitting 375. Somebody that I need to start paying attention to that yep. I am not talking about or watching or following that dude is, uh, I started seeing some Reds reporters on Twitter saying that they think he's going to win an LMVP this year if he's he keeps up guy. This, if he's doing this. Number one, though, a rookie. A rookie. Um, In your division. A rookie. In my division. Is it for the Royals? Nope. Then I don't know. Yerman Mercedes on the White Sox. Oh, okay. All right. He's number What's he batting? 381. Nice, kid. Remember he started like 8 for 10 in his first three yeah. games? He has not really cooled off since then. I mean, he's cooled off from 800. I but... thought you were going to tell me that Badu kid from Tech from Detroit, and I was like, no way, man. No, he's not. Um, okay. Now, again, batting averages have plummeted. The middle ground, this is not the average, but the 15th best batting average in baseball belongs to the Philadelphia Phillies. They're hitting 233. <laughs> so they're right in the middle. Right in the meaty part of the bell curve, as Suk would say. Which team leaves the majors in batting average? Uh, I think the answer to this is the San Francisco Giants. No. No? The San Francisco Giants are 22nd. Oh, geez. Then how do they win baseball games? Um, Pitching, my friend. Um, let's see. Who is the best team? Oh, is it the Boston Red Sox? It is the Boston Red Sox. They're hitting 261. See, I'm so which blinded. Which is like 350 <clears throat> in today's baseball. I'm so blinded by the fact that I expect this team and still expect this team to be absolutely hot garbage. Instead, they keep playing well. Instead, they keep hitting. J.D. Juan Dulio. Is Juan back. Dulio himself. Is back. Is back to his MVP form. Although they've lost two in a row to the A's. So well, good. That makes me happy. Keep it rolling. I like it when the Red Sox lose. Uh, second is Astros at 260. White Sox are 258. Angels are 256. And there's no denying that the Angels are raking. Yes, but they can't pitch. But they can't pitch. And the Reds are at 248 and number five. Now... Can you guess the worst batting average in baseball before today? 
the worst batting average in baseball before today. Obviously, the Tigers have to be an option. The Rockies have to be an option. Um, you know, the first baseman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The first baseman for the Rangers is actually having a pretty good season. Adelise Garcia, right? Uh, no, it's another guy, white guy. Oh, Nate Lau or yeah. Nate Lowe. Nate yes, Lowe. Nate Lowe. Not Lau. I've been trained to say yes. Lau because of Brandon Lau. Right, Nate Lowe. Uh, so I don't think it's Texas, even though they've actually been playing a lot better than we expected. Texas I is a top 10 hitting team. I do think they will fall off. Detroit is the fourth worst hitting team. Detroit's the fourth worst. Um, you know, I could see this being a team that is actually still kind of good, but not really pulling it to. Oh, is it the Baltimore Orioles? Nope. It is the Seattle Mariners. Uh, who are this, a team that's still pretty good, but not really pulling yes, it all together. The Seattle Mariners who are batting 208. 208? Yep. Good God. Your team's not far behind at 209. What's up, guys? I'm surprised you didn't pick the Indians on that one. Jose, 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 Jose. Now, to go, Jose. to go to the same question, but on the pitcher's side, how many starting pitchers thus far have a sub-2 ERA? Not two or lower, a sub two. Sub two. ERA. Well, I know that DeGrom does. He has a sub one. And I know that um, Matt Boyd does. Oh, this includes. Uh, oh, no, this is all starters. Sorry. Uh, yep, Matt Boyd's a 194. That's two. Um, I think. I don't think Biebs is under two. He is not. Um, is. I don't think Cole is under two. He is. He is. One, three, seven. Uh, and, and I'm supposed to guess how many are under two? Under two, yep. I will go with 11. It is eight. Eight? Jacob DeGrom with Numero a point six eight. God, he's so good. And he's three and three. Three and two, <laughs> yeah. John Means. John Means. With a one, two, one. Garrett Cole with a one, three, seven. Brandon Woodruff with a 164. Ah, let's all sleep and talk about how terrible the Brewers pitching staff is and Woodruff is having himself a season. And Corbin Burns, although he did get hit hard in one start, was also is also having a good season. Trevor Rogers on the Marlins. Oh, hello, sir. Welcome to the party, my friend. 189. Danny Duffy on the Royals. Danny Duffy is having one of those, you know, you see Wade Miley throw a no-hitter last week. And then you look up at some stats, and you're like, Danny Duffy kind of killing it right now. And then uh, Matt Boyd and then Kevin Gossman on the Giants. Kevin Gossman. one nine seven. The Giants, by the way, are winning because they've amassed a bunch of guys who you didn't think would be good who are good, including <laughs> Kevin Gossman and Anthony Disclafani uh, are just like, hey, we're good on the hey, Giants we now. we figured it out. Although San Francisco is a hitter's uh, or a pitcher's park, so – that probably does help. Is Gabe Kapler still the manager in San Francisco? I think he is. Yes. Wow, wow. I believe, I believe that he is. They got a little Yaz too. Now there are only two teams where they sub three ERA as a team. Only two teams with a sub ERA. Sub three ERA. As Who a are team? they? Ooh, I might throw my Cleveland Indians into that. They are seventh with a three three eight. Okay, okay, okay. Um, give me the San Diego Padres. Numero uno with a two eight three. And God, if it wasn't for their terrible bullpen, I'd say the Dodgers. They're fifth. Three three two. Because the starters like Bowers actually having is actually playing well. Um Padres one. Give me. Who do, who was just number one overall in the RA? Give me the Mets. It is the Mets. 
289. As long as Sugar Diaz doesn't pitch. White Sox 315, Yankees 316, Dodgers 332, Giants, Indians, Marlins, Brewers, Cardinals. Your top 10. You know why? You know why the Mets are doing good as a staff right now? Because they have my dark horse to win the Cy Young who won't because he'll lose to his own teammate in Marcus Stroman, who my friend is having a damn good season. That he is, and you called it. I called it. I called it. That do it for us? That's it. That is fair or foul Mike Lynch edition. These are always fun because uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, hey, do you really watch baseball? Do you know what's going on? Uh, we do that every single Wednesday at 8.30. We'll have Joe Fish back in the studio next week for his randomness, as we always like. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. It's the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fin. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. There's about two minutes left in this Blazer game. They're up 99-85, so unless it gets ultimate Blazer meltdown, uh, Blazers should win this game, go to 41-29, and and stay in fifth place. Man, this team is playing really good basketball. There was just a really sweet uh, kind of pick and roll. I think it just kind of happened. It wasn't necessarily a designed pick and roll where Nurk got the ball at the top of the key and threw a real sweet bounce pass to Dame as he drove down. Uh, on the right side of the lane. Nurk's passing is divine. It's one of those Which things Which is cool where... because when I was a kid, man, we had the best passing big man in the history of the NBA in Arvidas Sabonis. Yeah. Sobs could pass the ball like no one's business. And, you know, he'd shoot this weird, terrible-looking three that would go in every once in a while, but centers didn't shoot threes. You know, it wasn't like a Jokic or... You know, Gobert or whoever, you know. Well, Gobert Anthony, doesn't shoot. Right, but Anthony Davis shoots threes. Nurk started shooting threes And now. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was a kid, Sobs was the passing big man. He'd back you down. Shaq always said it. It's clearly on record. Shaq always said the hardest guy he ever had to play against was Arvita Sabonis, which I always laughed at because I thought it was a shot at Vladi Divac. Um, but it's really cool to see Nurk be really great with his hands, not just in catching, but in passing. That's one thing that I think we as Blazer fans, I don't know if everyone forgot it, but uh, you you remember that he had a big impact on defense and you're seeing that over the last you know couple of weeks. He's really, really impacting the team defensively, but his passing, when he gets the ball at the point and he has the whole array of options in front of him, I feel like 80% of the time he makes the right pass. Mm-hmm. And they're little smooth little bullets into the paint or – you know, he finds a guy, he gets into the paint, and then he does a little one-handed pass back to the three-point line, and it just works. And if Nurk is playing confidently, he is such a difference maker for this team, but it hasn't always been that way for him. You know, some of it's been personal stuff. You know, his grandmother died, and he he had a lot of family issues mm-hmm. going on in Bosnia this, this summer, and he wasn't, and he got hurt. So he, he just kind of wasn't mentally fully there. He's He seems to be back, and uh, it's it's helping so much for this team. Well, keep this in mind. I mean, obviously, Dame is numero uno. And, you know, the CJ talking point is always is not going to go away as long as CJ is still on the team. Um, But if you listen, you know, if you listen to Noon to Three, AJ McCord, if you follow her on Twitter, which I follow her on Twitter, she harps, like she sings to the gods about how important Yusuf Nurkic is. And I swear, almost every day when I pull up Twitter and I'm scrolling through, and you're scrolling, and you see, you know, I got a lot of Blazer t- chatter on my Twitter feed, and it's all, and it's like right before the game, and you'll always see AJ is is got to have intensity from Nurk tonight, got to see it from Nurk tonight, and it's almost like 
we love him, we like him, and we think he's good, and we almost forget that how valuable he really is. Because the league, everyone plays their centers in this league differently, and it's all about what you need from your center, and we've seen Nurk be fairly versatile in that role. He has been, and he does it all. Not anything amazing. Right. But he's really good at everything. I think the biggest thing we need from Nurk if uh, Nurk's going to stay on this team and be a big part of it is he's just got to be better at finishing. You know, he goes through, uh, goes through a little bit, little phases where he is good at finishing kind of like and right there where he as didn't an finish. example right there. He had a little, little floating lay in that he hit the front rim. He just had his, his hook shot that he actually hits most of the time rim off. He gets a little bit too cute or he runs a little bit too fast. If he slows down, he gets to finish better. If he's going a little too quick, he tends to be a little bit crazy with the ball. Um, and, that's one thing that the Blazers need consistently from him is to be a better finisher. But defensively, he's almost always there passing, usually on, on top of it. He's just got to finish better. Well, let's not forget he's still young. You know? How old is he now, 25, 26? Yeah, 25, 26. And, and, you know, he's sat out the better part of a year and a half, you know, with COVID slash shortened season and, and injuries and stuff like that. You know, he's let's, you know, let's see. Look at us breaking down Blazers. I know. It's we just, actually watch. I know. It's fun. It's good to be back, Mike. It's good to be it's back. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's fun that they're playing well at this point. I think it's leading to a lot of, I don't want to call it false hope because we don't know if it's false hope yet, right. but it's a leading to a, a bit of a different expectation going into the playoffs. And I'm going to be very curious to see if they can keep this level of play up in a seven-game series, hopefully avoiding the play-in series. Uh, against the Nuggets or the Clippers, which is the most likely matchup at this point. Can you keep this level of play up? Because I think if you do, you're going to have one hell of a competitive series that you have every chance of coming away from. Yeah, I yeah, I don't, you know, the Blazers have been hot lately. And, you know, they had that big road trip that's duly noted. And that seems to be when the thing, when things kind of shifted and everyone kind of got on the same page and Nopo's been playing well. By the way, how is his nickname not Nopo? Uh, I'd probably not yet. If, if, they, sign, if, if they sign him again, he'll there, probably become Nopo. If there's memes of Rodney Hood with Mount Hood, how is Norman Powell not Nopo? I think because uh, people know Mount Hood m- more than they know Nopo. You well, live in Nopo. You best so. represent Nopo for life. <laughs> um, And I like Norman Powell. So I don't think, and you know, as this emergence and this hot streak down the stretch, as, you know, they've been winning games and they've looked good doing it, taking care of bad teams when they need to and being competitive with good Cantor's teams. I love just jacking up threes. Yeah, why not? Who cares? He hit one earlier in the game. <laughs> uh, I don't think, and I think you'll agree with me on this, I don't think anything the Blazers have done lately have really changed my mind about how good or how bad this team is. It has changed my mind a little bit. Has it? Yeah. I was about to say this team sucks and that's it and blow it all up. I still think this team sucks. But this this level of defense, that's all that matters. If you can play defense with effort, it's going to look like this. And yeah. obviously you need to have some of the guys who are good defenders in the court and having Nurk come back is good. And Covington is a borderline all NBA defense this year. And Norman Powell has proven to be a great defender uh, at the, I guess he's playing the three, but at the guard position. And when you got those guys on the floor together and you're, and you got energy from Lillard, you got more energy from CJ than usual. Cantor's trying his best. Mello is a black hole, but generally speaking, everyone's putting forth their full effort. Simons is defending well. Mm-hmm. Look at how much better the team looks. Their yeah. offense has always been good. Well, but now that they can play defense and hold a team under 100 points, no matter if they don't have Donovan Mitchell or not, 
You just held the number one seed in the West to 98 points. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, what I was getting to is that I don't, I don't think my opinion on this team has really changed. If I, if I'm being honest, but what I will say is Will and I have gone back and forth on this and we both kind of agree. Will darkens that I just want this season to be over but with the way they've played lately. I'm going to tune into that first, that first series. I mean, I was going to anyway, but now I'm going to tune into it with a little more kind of, all right, show me. Prove, Prove me here. wrong. Prove me wrong. Yep. Prove me wrong. That's kind of how I feel too. It's, it's been fun. You're getting my hopes up a little bit. Yep. Prove me wrong or right, I suppose, in that first round and show me that this is the team that you're going to be. And let's see what happens. Boy, I love being wrong, and I will be wrong on this one. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. For Mike Lynch, I'm Patrick Harris. Beers on Us drops tomorrow 4 p.m. Download that wherever you get it. Go do something I would do.